You're listening to Conversations, brought to you by TechSquare ATL. And that brings us to our third and final Fast Forward Talk by Ian Knott, the co-founder and CTO of Atho. It's an ATDC startup that has unleashed Thrive, a telepresence immersive application that lets participants converge, converse naturally as if the people were face-to-face. -face. Ian's a graduate of Savannah College of Art and Design and seeks to answer the question, will humanity take control of these powerful forces and use them for good, or will we be left in something akin to 1984? Ian, welcome. All right, guys. Raise your hand if you got a hot dog. It's not a lot of hot dogs. All right. So I'm Ian. Thank you for the introduction, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm the CTO of Atho, and I'm going to blast right through this as fast as we can. And it's changing on me automatically, but we'll go through it anyway. So I want to talk a little bit about two areas of interest, advancing the hardware and advancing the software. And you know, obviously today, HoloLens, I think, is amazing in what it does. It's a best-in-class device. Uh, but, you know, you hear a lot of talk about, oh, well, in five years, they're going to look like this. And so I want to talk about some of the core technologies, and Mary Beth is probably going to cringe a little bit because I'm going to get something wrong, I know. <laughs> I will avoid that. But some of the core technologies that are on the horizon right now uh, that you can start to expect to see in this time frame to hopefully get us to something more in this form factor. So one of the really interesting things that um, HoloLens or Oculus or Vive does in order to produce that image is just producing two slightly different images in front of each eye, giving you that stereoscopic 3D effect. That's not the real world. The real world consists of volumetric space. And there's some interesting technologies, light field displays, um, stacked uh, lens assemblies that allow different depth of field, um, and really produce something that's more true to lifelike uh, reality. So there's some interesting technology there. In terms of uh, a very interesting stack that, in a lot of ways, uh, works together to really build a, a more solid mixed reality experience, uh, you can look at devices that are currently on the market that do eye tracking through infrared LEDs shooting at your eye, and then a little camera that's looking at the light refracted off your eye, and really that's giving you that basics of eye tracking. <clears throat> so what's really interesting, and there's some, some fascinating research out there that uh, has been potentially used in fighter jet helmets, and these are actually some guys that got bought by Magic Leap. Again, we'll see what they do. Um, where you're actually using additional waveguide layers um, to shoot that IR LED into the eye, uh, as well as an additional layer to capture that uh, light as well. So you're going from discrete, or excuse me, uh, separate components into a fully integrated uh, clear lens assembly, and you're again minimizing the amount of sensors and devices on this head-worn uh, unit. And really what this allows you to do is what's called foveated rendering, where on a mobile class device, you're now pushing PC limits and beyond in terms of that rendering capability through that eye tracking and only rendering the center of the vision at 120 frames a second or whatever you're running at <clears throat> to give you that very fluid, high level of quality on a very lightweight mobile powered device. <clears throat> So similarly, and again, I know she's cringing a little bit, but there's some interesting research in terms of flipping that and adding a couple more layers to this lens assembly where you're now projecting light outwards. And one of the magical parts about HoloLens and the way that works is it's using a IR projector and a time of flight sensor uh, as part of its system in terms of spatially mapping the environment. And so now we're talking about, again, reducing some of those separate components and adding them into this clear assembly. <clears throat> 
high field of view. This goes without saying. Uh, there's some interesting stuff that you saw at CES this year, and I think even this year alone, we'll potentially see HoloLens class devices at double the field of view that you see currently. And um, I think five years, it's not unreasonable to say 90 degrees is on the horizon. And of course, our friend Roni at Magic Leap here. Uh, who knows what they'll actually produce? You know, these are some interesting things that I wanted to touch on in terms of how, if we go back to that image before, how do we really get a form factor that's something a little more manageable and not just for enterprise customers, but ultimately a widespread consumer market? And going back to the question that was just asked by the gentleman, uh, if you look at actually Snap with uh, spectacles, you're starting to see a real trend in getting cameras onto people's faces and making that cool and fun, whereas Google Glass failed spectacularly. And I think there's gonna see, you're going to see a lot of inroads, potentially by Snap Inc. themselves, in really forging that, that mindset in the general public. And I think there's a lot of interesting trajectories that we're heading on in five years are all going to come together. So let's switch to software for a minute. <clears throat> Chicken and egg problem, right? These devices are cool, wow, amazing. Microsoft's betting their company on it. That's, that's great, but who's going to actually use this stuff? And there's this huge chicken and egg problem in the industry right now where how do we sell devices and then once they have the devices, what do they actually do with it? <clears throat> Obviously, when you look at mobile and web, you've got these, these monoliths of addictive, heavily engaging types of platforms, Facebook, uh, Salesforce, uh, different social media outlets, et cetera. These things that have developed over decades of understanding from a, a psychological perspective and a user experience perspective how to really create these, these high levels of engagement in these tools, in these products. And I think that's something really interesting. And when you look at the landscape right now, you're seeing a lot of one-off experiences. You're seeing a lot of, of, of <clears throat> entertainment, games, et cetera. And I think more thought and attention needs to be put onto how do we really take this, these lessons that we've learned from mobile and web and project that into this new medium. And of course, human connection, when you look at Facebook and anything else that's been mega successful, uh, human connection is center. And I think when you look at this new medium, and the abilities that the technology provides, focusing on that human connection and really getting things right from a fundamental perspective is going to help drive these tools that ultimately drive super high levels of engagement and repeat use. And you know, going back to 10 years ago, almost today, when the first iPhone launched, you had multi-touch, which we all take for granted today. And I think in a similar sense <clears throat> on HoloLens and these early mixed reality devices, multi-touch for us now is spatial understanding. And I think hopefully in 10 years or less, we'll get to a point where your, your phone is today where you don't even think about it. And to an extent, that's kind of sad. But I think it's also an exciting way because right now the field is in such a Wild West state. And if you can write that book, like the books that have been written today on proper UX guidelines for mobile and web for this new mediums, you're going to be very successful. And I think that's a very exciting and sometimes scary potential. So just to kind of talk a little bit about how some of these things come together and what we're doing with Thrive, you know, we're really building a platform for enterprise and B2B focused customers. And when you look at it right now, and I know plenty of the people who are demoing this room know and understand those pain points well, it currently requires you to go out and hire a bunch of developers, code a bunch of C-sharp, and, and build your experience from scratch. And we're really trying to close that gap with our platform and allowing, and let's just go through one quick example here out of many verticals available, a realty company doing pre-leasing for buildings. Being able to drop those buildings into a dashboard, whatever the models might be, seamlessly create that experience and invite people in and ultimately not just have that experience, that visceral opportunity that, that in verticals like this really wow customers, as many of you guys know, 
but ultimately coming back to your dashboard, and again, the user experience is central to what we're doing, and that we don't want to get rid of the MacBook, we don't want to get rid of the, the mobile and web component, because that's frankly what people are used to. We want mixed reality to really be a complement, a new layer to this existing paradigm that we're already used to. Coming back to your dashboard, you can easily bring in those new models, easily interpret data, KPIs on those models, and really from your point of view, from that sales office, be able to emerge yourself into this new medium. And I think right now, if you look at the market landscape, there's nobody that's doing this in a seamless manner. And again, something that we're really focused and excited on is telepresence, where I'm in this leasing office, I want to bring in a project manager, somebody at the marketing team, and we're all seamlessly able to put our devices on and again, go back and share and review those insights together and really create the seamless plat social platform uh, <clears throat> that I think right now there's a lot of opportunity to have a lot of fun with. And again, I, I just want to wrap up by saying it is the Wild West right now. It is completely unwritten. And I think those who get in today and start to really write that book that 10 years from now, the kids coming out of college are going to be reading, you can be those, those people. So I'm Ian Nott, and thank you so much. So um, sure. you're a graduate of SCAD, and I'm... I'm, I'm a dropout of SCAD. Drop, drop out. You had attended SCAD. Um, do you think that, uh, that this, this medium is going to be driven by folks who are design-centered or, or uh, developing-centered? I think it's a blend of both, right? And, uh, you know, when you look around at the landscape today, and you definitely need it, you need those, those sharp developers, you need those sharp people that understand, you know, frankly, from, from where we're trying to go, some of these more machine, mature machine learning techniques, you need that. That's, that's obvious. It's a technology company. But I think one thing that's not being given a lot of consideration in the landscape right now is a design user experience centric focus and really thinking through from a uh, UX design, a service design um, type of approach in terms of those, those processes of going through customer discovery and really understanding the pain points in a thorough way and working back from those pain points and addressing different technologies that can solve those. I think there's a lot of, of, of running gun of, you know, we can do this cool thing and it's really awesome and wow, it's so cool, but you know, how do you really go back to the drawing board and think about what is, what is going to build a scalable business model at the end of the day? What are those pain points you're trying to solve? Who are those customers you're trying to solve them for? And to your question, <clears throat> really putting UX design as, as a center role in everything you do is going to put you far ahead because it is such a new space and as I pointed out there is no book written on how to do a lot of these interactions right you can be the, the person that writes that book and I, I think there is huge huge opportunity and going back to SCAD even we hosted their flux club in Savannah about 60 kids and these kids get it you know there's freshman sophomore junior they get it they see where the opportunity is on the horizon in these new mediums and how they can apply some of these techniques and processes that are learning for mobile and web ux design into this new medium um, so <clears throat> i think there's a lot of opportunity there and i guess if i had to say anything those who are building stuff in this space can highly benefit by bringing on some very design centric people into that process so thank you thank you